Okay, Freilich and Hanukkah, everyone. Happy to welcome back one of our founding fathers. Yankee's back. Ayal, one of our founding fathers, is back after a little bit. It's good to have Yankee back. Yes, Yankee, we missed you, we missed you. Freilich and Hanukkah, today's share should be Rufuah Shalem and Eitan Moshe Chaim ben Esther, and for a Aliyah Neshama, for Kamiya Shai ben Reza, and Sivit Sonia Bas Merav, and Chaim Mechel Basima. On all Israel. Okay, so we are on. I'm glad we can at least hop in 20 minutes. So we are on Gimel Amud Beis, and we are right in the mid. Uh, the we are about six lines down in the wide lines. Yeah, so we are up to Vedavid Bepalga, Delaylahaba. So we are discussed. If you remember earlier on the daf, we were discussing right on top, a few lines up. It was already last week. We were discussing Machlokas Rebbe and Rebios and. You have the place or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebbe and Rav Nassan, whether there was four mishmaros, four watches at night, or three watches at night. And one of the rayas that Rebbe brought, that there are four, was it says that David woke up in the middle of the night. It says, Chatzos Laila Akum, I woke up in the middle of the night, give thanks to Rosh Baruch And the next pasuk says, Kidmu Einai I woke up and my eyes preceded two more Ashmaras. So if I woke up in the middle of the second and there were two more, presumably there were four mishmaros in the middle of the night. That was one of his, his raya. So the Gemara continues now and says as follows, Did David really wake up in the middle of the night? Because the Pasuk said, I'll get up in the middle of the night, to give you Shavach HaKadosh Baruch So the Gemara says, Really he woke up in the beginning of the night. Now it doesn't mean that he, meaning he'd slept very little. It doesn't mean that he never went to sleep. It means that he slept very little and he woke up in the beginning of the night, not in the middle of the night. The Pasuk says, Kidamti I woke up Neshef, presumably Neshef. The Gemara is going to discuss in a second what Neshef means, but at this point, presumably, it means at, in the beginning of night. So, Kidamti ba Neshef I woke up at the beginning of the night and I called out, I cried out to Akadosh Baruch Hu. So, there's obviously a contradiction. One Pasuk says, I woke up every night in the middle of the night, Chatzos. And this suggests that he woke up at the beginning of the night. He slept very little, maybe got a little bit of a snooze, just a power nap, and then he got up to daven and cry out to Kodesh Baruch So which is it? So before the Gemara is going to give three answers to resolve the stira, it says, let's first define Neshef. Let's make sure that Nefesh, Neshef actually means beginning of the night. The Gemara says, Neshef How do we know that Neshef is really nighttime? Because the Pasuk says, Bin Neshef. In Mishle, it says, Beneshef, Be'erviom, Be'ishonlain, Levafela. Beneshef, which is as the day wanes, Be'erviom, as the day wanes, Be'ishonlain, Levafela, the darkness sets. If you remember, we said that the, the Gura says the reason why it's called Erev is because Erev is in Urbuvia. It's the beginning of, it's mixing. It's a mixing of the end of the day and beginning of the night, so it's called Erev. So in this passage actually says, Beneshef, when Neshef sets in, meaning Be'erviom, as the day wanes, and Lila sets in, and darkness sets in, so clearly Neshef means night. Okay. So the Gemara now is going to bring three different um, answers to this apparent contradiction when David woke up every night. Amar of Oshia, Amar of Acha, Hachi Kamar. This is what David meant to say. It never happened that when Chatzos occurred, I was sleeping. I was always up before then. Whether he got up right before then or what the Pasuk tells us, he got up hours earlier. But the point when it says Chatzos, by the time Chatzos came, I was already up to give you Shavach. Okay, that's one way to resolve the contradiction. Another way, Rav Zeba says, Amr at Chatzos elayla hayim isnam nim kasus. Until night uh, Chatzos, midnight, I would doze off like a, a horse, and mikan ve'ela hayim iskab rekari. But from Chatzos onward, he would be up and as strong as a lion. What's the, what's the, um, 
the comparison to a horse. So a horse, I actually looked this up, believe it or not. A horse sleeps about three hours a night. It is unique in that it can sleep standing up and laying down. But the point of reference here is that a horse never goes into a deep sleep. It's a very, very minimal doze. It dozes in and out. And actually, we learned the halacha that, based on a horse, believe it or not, that if you have a sleep that's a little bit more than what a horse sleeps, a ruach ra'ah descends upon you. And you have to go ahead and wash one of the three reasons we have to wash negavas in the morning is that a ruach ra'ah, an evil spirit, so to, so to speak, descended upon us. How long is that? So we pass in, it's about three and a half minutes, about 60 nishimos. And the Gemara assumes that's about... Correct. 60, excellent, right. 60 nishimos, 60 breaths. So we assume you breathe about 18 a minute. The Gemara says about 1,080 an hour. So you learn, so it's about uh, 60, is about three and a half minutes. So if one was to dose theoretically for more than three and a half minutes, you'd have to go ahead and wash the negovaster. So it means that David in the beginning of the night was just dozing off. He wasn't in a deep sleep, but came chatzos, he got up, miskaber kari, to go ahead and do avodah sakodesh. Okay, no, answer number three. Rav Ashi, Amar ad chatzos, halayla haya osek midivrei Torah. David was learning until Chatzos, and afterwards, it was Shiros Vesishbachos. So basically, what this basically means to say is that until Chatzos, he was sitting down and learning. But Akum, I would get up at Chatzos to stand up when I davening and I was Meshabach and, and pleading to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, I would be in a standing position. That's what it means I would get up at midnight. Okay, the Gemara says, let's go back to our earlier question. Does Neshef really mean nighttime? Neshef orsu, a Neshef tzafru. Neshef, when we use in the Pasuk to introduce this stira, that David woke up at the beginning of the night, meaning he slept very, very little. He woke up at the beginning of the night, not the middle of the night. <clears throat> we were under the assumption that Neshef means nighttime. So, ha Neshef tzafru. Really, Neshef, I'll show you proof that it really means in the morning. Tzafru is morning. As it says, Vayakim David, Mehan Neshef, Ad Erev Lamach Rasam. When the Amalekim went ahead and burned down the city of Tziklag, David went ahead and camped out right outside the city. And the Pesach says, when David attacked them, Bayakim David, David went ahead and he attacked Amalek, Me'an Neshef Erev, from Neshef until evening, on the day after he encamped outside of their, of their army. So Gemara says, my love doesn't show that, that Mitzafra of Adlaila, if the Pesach says that David attacked Amalek from Neshef, right from Neshef until Erev, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that suggest that Neshef means morning? So the Gemara says, Lo, it really means night. What does it mean? He attacked them from night to night over a 24-hour period. From night on day one, from night on day two. May or seviat orsa. What's the obvious question, says the Gemara? If that's the case, lichtov me neshef ad neshef. Or mean the erev ad erev. You should be parallel. The Pasuk should be parallel. Don't use one word for morning, for evening and another word for evening in the same Pasuk. One time says Neshef, one says Orsa. If it really both means he fought over a 24-hour period from night to night, it should say Neshef and Neshef or Erev and Erev. The fact that it says Neshef um, ad Erev suggests that Neshef means morning. Umar says El Amarava. This is really the, the taich of, of the words. Trey Nishvehu. There are two meanings to the word Neshef. Neshef just means a passage, meaning a transition from night to day or day to night. Therefore, the Pasuk <coughs> does mean, in fact, it can mean either or. So, Trey Nishvehu, Neshef Leilav Asimama, Neshef can mean day, the night comes to an end, bringing on the onset, heralding the onset of daytime, or Neshef Yimam of Asi Leila, or it can mean that night, day is coming to an end and it is bringing on nighttime. So, either way, Neshef can really mean two separate things, and therefore it's not a stira, and therefore, um, I'll just look for my thing, therefore, it's a uh, neshef can mean either one of two things. Okay, vaita. The Gemara continues. Let me just see. 
There we go. Okay. Now, the Gemara continues. <coughs> Gemara says as follows. Did David really know exactly when Chatzos was? Uh, what's, the, what's the question? If after all Moshe Rabbeinu, the great Moshe Rabbeinu, we say, right? we never had another Novi as great as Moshe, he himself didn't know when Chatzos was. And you're telling me David knew Chatzos was? How do we know that Moshe didn't know when Chatzos was? The Pasuk tells us, by Marcus Bechoros, it says, When he tells Pyro, Around midnight, I will come, and all of the Bechorim will die. Around midnight. My, my kachatzos, why does it say like midnight, as opposed to at dafka midnight? <clears throat> if you're going to say that he was really just reiterating and repeating exactly verbatim what Akash Baruch Hu told us, is it really possible to say that Akash Baruch Hu didn't know when Chatzos was? If you remember, we brought Rashi in Brashas from last time, that says, when it says, Vaychul HaShemayim and Oretz, right? Vaychal HaKim Melachto Kol Asher Asa, Yom HaShemayim Melachto Asher Asa. HaKadosh Baruch Hu finished the work on Shabbos. So what does Rashi say? It appears to us that he finished on Shabbos. But really, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the exact second where Friday ends and Shabbos ends. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yodei L'Tzamtim. He's able to know the exact second when Shabbos ends, well, sorry, when the Friday ends and Shabbos begins. So, of course, he didn't do any Melach on Shabbos. But to the naked eye, to the... To the human observer, it appeared as if he worked on Shabbos. So if Kosh Baruch knows the exact second, of course he's not going to say Kachatzos. When Moshe says, around midnight, he clearly wasn't quoting a Kosh Baruch Hu. Rather, Kosh Baruch Hu said, Bachatzos, at midnight. And for some reason, Moshe changed it. So if Moshe doesn't know the exact second when Chatzos was, how could Dovid HaMelech know? There was a reason over there. He didn't walk the magician. Good. Eyes. So you look good. Beautiful. We're going to get to that in about six lines. Beautiful. <clears throat> so the Gemara says, um, so really, Akash <clears throat> Baruch said, Bachatzos, Moshe changed it to Kachatzos. So Alma Mesafkale. So we see that Moshe Rabbeinu himself didn't know when Chatzos was, with David Aviyada, and David knew. So Gemara says, no, no, no. David Simon Havle. No, it's not fair. David had a built in alarm clock. What was that alarm clock? Because the Amr of Achabar Bizyona, Amr of Shimon Chasida, Kinor Haya Toile Lamala Mimun Tassel Shal David. David had a harp. Right above his bed, and once midnight came, a northern wind came and brushed across the, the strings of the harp, and it would play, the harp would play. That would be his built in alarm clock. As soon as he heard that, that the harp began to play above his bed, he would learn until Amor Shachar, until dawn came. Came on Shalom Once dawn came, Nichesu Chachem Yisrael. Let's lo. All his advisors came into David Amelach. Ve'Amrlo, they said to him, Adonai No Melech, our King. Amcha Yisrael Tzrichem Parnasa. The bottom line is, there's too much poverty going on. We need Parnasa. Amrlem. So David said to them, Chuvnis Parnasim Zimzeh. Very easy. Let's redistribute the wealth. Let the wealth, let the wealthy give to the poor. What's the problem? So they responded to him. Amrlo, they said to him. Eina kometz must be asari. A kometz is a small amount that we used to take in the carbon mincha. You used to take a very small amount of flour. It's about three fingers width. Okay, you take this amount. That's called the kometz or kometz. That's not enough to to satisfy a lion. And another example they give eina bor mismale mechuliaso. A bore, you cannot fill a bore from its own dirt. Meaning, David Melech was giving. Uh, sorry, the chachamim were giving him two analogies. We need to support the poverty issue, the aniyim, from without, not within. If you just redistribute the wealth, it doesn't really, there's not enough wealth for the wealthy to go ahead and feed the lion. Obviously, the 
poorer people represents a much larger demographic than the wealthy people. <coughs> Rashi explains that if you take the analogy of the dirt is if you take out dirt and you go out and take out dirt from a pit and you put back that exact same amount, you're never going to fill the pit entirely. You're going to lose some of it. So giving from the poor, wealthy to the poor, it's not enough, basically. It's not enough. And we have to go ahead and find ways to be mefarnis, the poor, from without. So the so Dovramel says, Amrlahem, he says to them, the chupish to Yudechem, Miad, Yotzim Bachitofel. So he says, Go fight war. You know what? Okay, I hear you. The chupish to Yudechem, go ahead and fight. Uh, go, go attack our enemies, our, our neighbors, and, and spread the loot. Get some loot and give it to the poor people. So Gemara says, Miad Yotzim Bachitofel, right after that. Uh, this, uh, apparently, this happens regularly. But Miyad Yotzim Echitofel, there go to Achitofel, who was the Yoetz for David, he was the advisor. Then, Vidim Lachem Sanhedrin, then they would go out to Sanhedrin. We'll see Rashi says why in a second. Visholim, but Urmatum. And then they would ask the Urmatum for, before they go out to war. So, just a couple of points here. <clears throat> Rav Shimon Shkup, in his Hakdama to Sefer Yosha, in his introduction to Sefer Yosha, says something fascinating about Tzedakah. We see here that, um, that Dovna Malach was telling them, to redistribute the wealth from the wealthy to the poor. So he says as follows. He said, how does the Kodesh Baruch Hu determine who gets money, who he gives money to, and he doesn't give money to? He says in his Akdama, he says that it's really just as we would go ahead and give to a financial investor. And if, they, and if we get a good ROI, we get a good return on our investment, we're likely to give more to that financial advisor. He says, so to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, says as follows. Irrespective of a person's other shmirats and mitzvahs, if a person does good things with his money, if he supports Torah institutions, gives to good Jewish causes, gives to Shabbos, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu views as a good investment. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give the person more money. So it's no different than how we would, we would relate to our own financial advisors. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides to give money. If you're going to use your money, Asher, Kedesis is Asher, you do good things, you give Maiser, so you'll become more wealthy. That's the Martinus, right? So basically he's saying, if you do good things with your money, you invest it in good things, what's good things for HaKadosh Baruch Hu? You go and support Torah institutions. You support good institutions locally, uh, uh, you know, shuls and and Tonka Shabbos, so on and so forth. Akharas Baruch Hu will give you more. <clears throat> so you hopefully will always remain an usher. Now we're going to see in a second. This is fascinating that how this applies halach lamaisa. So let's see for a second. We just said that after David Amelech told them to go ahead and attack their neighboring countries to go ahead and increase the, the booty, the loot, and share that and distribute that and disperse that to the Aniyim, the first step they would do is miyad yotz in Bachitofa. They would go straight to Bachitofa, it was the Yoitz, then vinim lachen bisanhedrin. <clears throat> if you look, what it means, vinim lachen bisanhedrin, if you look at the very, very, very bottom Rashi, uh, five, five lines up, on Gimel Amad Beis, vinim lachen bisanhedrin, it says, not limahen rishus kideshi spalu aleyem. We go ahead, they would ask Rishus from the Sanhedrin, why? So that the Sanhedrin can daven on their behalf. This is a halacha, this is actually brought down, listen to this, this is in Hilchas, uh, in Hilchas Tefillah, Siman Kufyud in the Mishnah Burun, Archaim, discusses, this is the Tefillah Saderach. And he says in the Mishnah Burun, uncharacteristically brings Rashi. He says, No again lito Rishus me'agdolim umesbarachim kisholchim baderach. Before we go on a trip, you're supposed to have Rishos, you're supposed to ask the Chachamim, the Sanhedrin, for a bracha. And there's a reason for this. This is in the, again, this is Hilchas Tfilas Adarach. He says there's a, there's a reason for this. There's a remez for this. As it says, Amr Chazal, Nimlachin Bisanhedrin, our Gemara Daf here, second Daf in Shas, right? Brachas Daf Gimel. Upeirish Rashi, not Lurishos Kedeshi Spalu Aleim. 
they went ahead and they asked for shus from the Sanhedrin before they went out to war, so there would be mispala for them. So we see it actually translates halakha l'maysa today. This is one of the reasons for tefillah sadaq. Before we go out in our way, we sort of ask for, 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 uh, for a bracha. Okay, interesting. <clears throat> so we're going to see now that v'sholim b'urim v'tumim. So what was the urim v'tumim? We discussed in the past, if you remember, we're all biased by what the Ramban says in Parshat Tetzaveh, the Urim Vitumim was a cloth, was a piece of paper that was folded over and put into the Choshen. The Choshen was the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. It had the um, 12 stones, and it had all the names of the Shvatim. And Ramban says that the power of the cloth is once the cloth was put into the Choshen, it would illuminate the letters from the corresponding tshuva to a question that was posed. Meaning, if they would ask a question, the Urim Tumrim, once the, uh, of the Choshen, once the Urim Tumrim, the cloth was put into the breastplate of the Kohen, that would illuminate the letters. The problem was there were two letters missing. What two letters are missing, missing from the shift they call? Tess and Sadi. There's no Tess and Sadi. So they also wrote Avi Mitzvah and Yaakov and Shifti Yeshurim. That was also written on the, on the Choshen. So with that, you had all the words. So the Ramban says that exactly, that's what the, the um, Urim Vitumim were. The Ksav Kabbalah mentions that the Rambam never ever mentions the, the Urim Vitumim as a separate garment. In fact, it says the Torah never tells us to, that they have to go in and construct and build or fashion a Urim Vitumim. He says it's really, according to the Rambam, he interprets it that the Choshen and the Urim Vitumim were the same Beged. The problem with that is a little hard to explain. The Gemara Yuma that says, in the second base Amikdash, there was no Urim Vitumim. And if the Urim Vitumim was the Choshen, we know that a Kohen cannot do a vota if he doesn't have the Begadim. So it's a little hard to explain that Gemara Numa based on this interpretation. If you can say that the Choshen and the Aphod, right? The Choshen was the breastplate with all the stones and the names, and the Aphod, and sorry, the uh, Urim Vitumim, that was the Choshen and the Urim Vitumim, according to the Ramban, the Parshat Savit was this cloth, this parchment that was folded over and put into the breastplate. But if, the, if you can say based on the Rambam that there was no separate Urim Vitumim, it was part of the, it was one Beged, it's a little hard to understand the Gemara in, <coughs> in Yuma. Okay, so anyway, let's just go on for a second. <clears throat> we'll get to Jack's point, hopefully today, if not first thing tomorrow. So the Gemara says as follows. This was the order. They would first go to Achitofel, to, to David's advisor. Then they would get Rishos from the Sanhedrin. So they would daven for them. And then, not Rishos, sorry, they would get a bracha from the Sanhedrin. And then they would ask the Urim Vitumim. The Gemara continues. Amr Yosef, my Why does it call? So what's the Pasuk? This was the order. What does this mean? Because Achitofel is a Yoetz. Achitofel was the Yoetz of David. And then it says, so we see that Achitofel served as the Yoritz. Then the Pasuk lists Benayob and and Rashi says in the top Rashi, he was the Av Bezdin. So <clears throat> it refers to, it doesn't say the actual Bezdin, it says Benayob and he was the Av Bezdin. So he went second in the uh, order of chain of command, so to speak, when they went out to war. Obviously, by the way, they was just talking about a Melchemes Rishos, Melchemes Mitzvah, you don't have to go ahead and seek approval. Melchemes Mitzvah, you just go. Melchemes Rishos, you, uh, you have to seek approval. Ve'avyatar, Eilur Urmatumim. Avyatar was the Kohen Gadol until Tzadik HaKohen ousted him after the Urmatumim stopped responding to him when he asked about the, the Melchama with Avshalom. But originally he was the uh, Kohen Gadol. Ve'chainu Omer, u'v'niyo ben yonoto al kresi bel pesi. And ben and the Pasuk says, who was the Av Bezdin, <coughs> preceded the Kresi Uplesi. What is the Kresi Uplesi? That is the Urim Vitumim. Interesting, by the way, Rav Yonason Ibishet says his two Svarma are called the Urim Vitumim and the Kresi Uplesi. 
Crazy Placey is actually a nickname for the Umvetumim. So it's far, I'm called the Umvetumim and the Crazy Placey. The Gemara says now, one second, Velamanikra Crazy Placey. So why was a nickname, why was another name for the Umvetumim called Crazy Placey? The Gemara says, Crazy Shakorsim Devrayim. Crazy means Kares, right? We, we give a, that's what a get is called, something that severs, that cuts, meaning it's the final answer. So when they ask the Urvatumim, crazy, shakarsim divrayim, it says something sharp, it says something finite, it says something definitive, that's the end of the conversation. And why is it called placey? Shemuflam divrayim, because it's wondrous. The whole reason how we get to it is very wondrous. Okay. And after that, they would go ahead and ask the actual king, uh, king's um, general, uh, Yoav, for a strategy, how to go ahead and win the war. What does it say? says, I will wake up the Shachar. What does it mean by that? So let's see. In truth, they both knew when, they both knew when Chatzos was. This is the Jack's point. The Kavan, so David, we said, already knew he had Kavan. So if David already knew when Chatzos was, why didn't he need an alarm clock? He knew what it was. He just needed a little uh, encouragement to get out of bed. Doesn't mean he didn't know when Chatzos was. But when he heard that alarm clock, he got out of bed to, 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 for it to stop playing or whatever it was. But the point was, he knew when it was, and this was just a little encouragement to get him out of bed. Maybe he was dozing. This was to wake him up entirely. Moshe, also, Kevin Moshe Aviyada. If Moshe, in fact, knew, because again, Rav Zerah is saying they both knew when Chatzos was. If, if Moshe knew when Chatzos was, why does he have to say Ka Chatzos? Two possibilities. Moshe Kasav Hashem Because if he would tell them the exact time, when 12 o'clock, the old Bechorim are going to die, will come the astrologers of Paro, their watches will be one minute off. V'yomer Moshe Badayu, Moshe's a liar. It really happened at 1201. It's better to say that you don't know rather than to be caught being a liar. And what does this mean for a second? Let's understand the, the ridiculousness of the statement of them. If, the, if it happened at 1201, Moshe, it wouldn't have been a good prediction? Rabbi Foreman, in his book, in ex, um, the Exodus and was passed over, gives an example. If you tell the UN that aliens are going to come at 12 o'clock and take over the UN and hold four people hostage, and it happens at 12.04, they can say, oh my God, you are wrong, what are you talking about? You give the most ridiculous prediction, it comes to a minute later, and they're going to call Moshe a liar? So the Bible must explain that if you don't want to believe something, no matter how rational it is, you're not going to believe it. The Ramban says this in Parshas B'Shalach. The Mitzrim just witnessed the ten Makos. They saw the Amor Anon, they saw the Amor Ha'esh. They saw the, the, uh, the uh, pillar, they saw the fire, the clouds. All of a sudden, when Bnei Israel's trapped, the Kriyas Yamsuf, the sea splits for them. Oh, it must be a good idea for us to walk in after them. Can't be the hand of Hashem. Must have been a strong wind that just parted the sea. Idiots. Of course it was Yad Hashem. But when you don't want to believe something, no matter how rational it is, the Bala Moshe said, you're not going to believe something. Same thing here. They didn't want to believe that Moshe was correct. Of course, if Moshe made that crazy prediction and it turned out a minute later, it was Yad Hashem. But this just shows you how stubborn people can be when they don't want to believe something. But Moshe <coughs> Correct. 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 Not only... Uh, Correct. Is, uh, not only so he doesn't look like a liar. Correct. I would think that he would not give him the exact time to trick him. We're going to get out. Why would I want to let you know the exact time when I'm going to... It doesn't really matter. Baruch Hu tells Noach, I'm going to, he tells him, I'm going to put Noach in there to all your eyes. You try to stop him from going to the Teva. Remember that's what Rashi says, he put the lions and the bears around them? 
Kodesh Baruch is not afraid to, so Kodesh Baruch is going to reveal his plans. No, but he's giving Kodesh Baruch his plans, so they're going to stop Kodesh Baruch. How are they going to prevent the, 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 from dying at 12 o'clock? If Kodesh Baruch wants to stop, it's going to happen. But, but the point is that Moshe knew when it was. There was a reason why it says, uh, and the other answer, Rav Ashi says, and we'll end with this, when he says, he's talking about the night of the 14th. He's saying, at this time, tomorrow. So like this time, tomorrow, meaning 24 hours in advance, it's going to happen. So just said it's midnight now, tomorrow night, in 24 hours from now, this will happen. So it's not that Moshe didn't know. Either he said kakatsos in order to, um, so he's not accused of being a liar, <clears throat> or he said tomorrow, 24 hours in advance. One last point. It says here that you should not go ahead and say something. If you don't know, it's not bad to say you don't know. Don't be caught in your lies. So <clears throat> Rav, uh, in, later in the Gemara, we'll see, I think in Tafkaf Ches, I think it might be, the Rav Kiv Eger brings like 37 places in Shas that Rashi or some, in the 30s, Rashi says, any day. Rashi says, I don't know. The Gemara in Kedushan, the Aflamit test says, we, when you say, we should learn, someone asks you, you shouldn't stutter. You should always be able to, it should be on the tip of your tongue. When you give Torah, <clears throat> when discussing Torah, you shouldn't have to hesitate. You shouldn't have to stutter. It should be on your mouth. But here we're saying, you shouldn't, you should, better to say you don't know. So, so Toza says the difference is, that if it's different halacha, answer right away. If it's mili da'alma, if it's general things, you don't have to be a know-it-all as far as everything. It's better not to be caught in a lie, not referring to the Torah. If you should not do levanacha, it has to be shona b'ficha, it has to be so that you're not megamkeng. It's to be so ready on your tongue, you should have caused it so many times, that if someone asks you a question, you spit it out right away. But when it comes to mili da'alma, general information, that's what this is referring to. Better to say, I don't know, don't be such a show-off, so you're not caught in a lie. We'll pick up tomorrow's, Afrelech and Tanaka.